We started with uh, four people as a startup company back in 1980. Uh, we expanded to six plants uh, in the city of Detroit and also one plant uh, down in Indiana. But after 29 years, uh, I had a payroll of roughly about $40 million annually. Also spent a lot of money in terms of uh, benefits, insurance, and what have you for employees. So we grew uh, a staff that was about 80% uh, Detroiters, uh, so it was roughly 80% African-American. And, um, you know, I felt very good about what we were doing for families. So as I came to the end of my career in the business community, um, I then obviously entered, uh, you know, four and a half years of politics for the city of Detroit. And since then, um, you know, I'm now into this mentoring uh, organization that uh, is a startup but going very, very well. Yeah, let's uh, talk about that, uh, the Bing Youth Institute, uh, which offers mentoring uh, for young men of color. Uh, How does that work? Well, it was very difficult for us early on to convince men uh, of color that they were needed to do one-on-one mentoring with some of our young men uh, here in the city. And so it took us some time to convince folks that they needed to come to the table and make a commitment. The commitment is substantial, and I understand that. It's a one-year minimum commitment. It's uh, one hour every week uh, with a mentee at the school. Uh, We have four schools, DPS schools, that we're involved in. What about 60 kids right now? We we, uh, intend to expand that program by the end of this year, another 20 to 40 kids. That could get us up to about 100 kids. And the big difference that I'm seeing between our organizations and others is that we do one-on-one mentoring. And that is extremely important that uh, that mentor and mentee spend the necessary time together to understand each other, get the trust that's necessary uh, for the development of the relationship. So um, that was tough for us, but now uh, we've got mentors for every one of our kids, and we're in the process of expanding our mentor relationship. Was it the commitment uh, that uh, sort of put people off at first? I think so, because uh, really uh, it's it's more than just meeting a kid every once in a while. We got to have continuity. We have to have uh, some consistency. And it does take a lot of time. Um, when you look at the logistics of what some of the mentors have to do, uh, you know, a lot of them have to leave work. And then they've got to travel to the necessary school to meet with the kid. And uh, it's time-consuming. But uh, it's necessary, and we are now seeing the fruits and the benefits of folks making this kind of commitment and sticking with it. We'll also, near term, uh, we'll be looking at the Latino community. We've been down to southwest Detroit. We've met with leaders down there. And uh, we'll be developing a relationship with some of our Latino kids and men. What's the biggest obstacle that uh, young men of color have to overcome in life, and how does your institute help them do that through the mentoring? Well, one of the things we looked at is uh, we, we, we tried from a criteria standpoint to look at those kids who may not have a male in their lives, especially in home. A lot of the kids don't have their fathers at home. A lot of them don't have a male in their life. 
And so um, we thought from a mentor standpoint uh, that we're not trying to take the place of a father or anybody from a family standpoint, but uh, we need to be there consistently. Uh, and when we promise kids that we're going to meet with them on a weekly basis, we must keep that promise because these kids for so many years have been let down. You know, they've been told uh, they're going to get support, and in a lot of cases, people don't follow through. So from a, um, um, I, I guess we make sure uh, that from a data standpoint, uh, we make sure that we make the matches uh, and that the commitments are, are made. We know the men in our program are busy. And in some cases, they travel, you know, outside of the state or outside of the country. When that happens and they can't meet the kid on a weekly basis, we make sure that there's someone else there to back that person up, take his place, so the kids never have to worry about being by themselves. And as the young men go through the mentoring program, take what they've learned uh, into their homes or their jobs, their lives, uh, do you have a mechanism, will you have a mechanism in place to track their success so that you know it's working? Absolutely. Uh, we have a program, a um, a, a program that tracks all of that so we know how many times there's a meeting, we know how long the meeting uh, expires, uh, is, is, I guess how long the meeting takes. Um, we know what the conversations are. We get an idea of what some of the problems the kids may have, some of the things that they're interested in. Then we meet uh, as a group of mentors and have that discussion because we have to express and exchange ideas in terms of what's working, what's not working. So there's a training um, module that our mentors have to go through because uh, everybody uh, who wants or say that they're a mentor don't necessarily um, understand what it takes to be a mentor. The biggest thing that we found is that instead of a mentor trying to change a kid's perspective on life and make the kid like them, we, uh, we have to listen to the kid. And um, that's the most important uh, aspect that we bring to the table, listening to the kids, getting a good, firm idea on what some of their issues are, and then we can give advice. So um, it, it's really working well. Uh, I am really thankful that uh, so many businesses has helped us come to the table by supporting the mentors from their businesses so that they can be released from some of their duties from a corporate standpoint, give us the time that they need to follow up and make the commitments real. 